Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, and we're glad you're listening to Christian Worldview with Dr. Tony Beam. That would be me. I'll tell you all about what that means to be me here in just a second. I'm the director of church and community engagement for the Tim Brazier campus of North Greenville University, where Christ makes the difference and where we are equipping transformational leaders for the church and for society. I also serve as director of public policy for the South Carolina Baptist Convention. And I'm currently the interim pastor at Five Forks Baptist Church in Simpsonville. We've got our midweek service tonight. We're going to be in the book of 1 Corinthians. I'll be talking about uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, a section of it tonight. Um, that's That all begins at uh, 5, no, 6.30. Sorry, it's 5.45 on Sundays. I get those flipped around sometimes. All right. Um, Last last night, well, I started to say last night. Actually, Monday night, Tucker Carlson began showing videos of from the Capitol from 40,000 hours that got released to him by Kevin McCarthy. And, of course, predictably, the institutional mainstream media are just losing their minds over what Tucker Carlson has done. I mean, they're just, they can't believe that their narrative's being attacked, undermined, shown to be false in many cases. Um, I think, you know, after watching Monday night and realizing that we're seeing video that was available to the January 6th commission, to the investigators, so-called, and we're seeing this video for the, for the first time, and, and we realize the scope of how that committee completely walked away from any possible bipartisan show of truth and just simply spun a narrative. As, as I've called it many times, it wasn't a hearing, it was a telling. It was a storytelling, a story that made Republicans the meanies, the, the people who were responsible for what they keep calling an insurrection, which, by the way, no one— out of all the people who have been charged, and there's like 600 or so, the word insurrection does not appear in any indictment or any charge by the federal government. And the reason is clear. This was not an insurrection. You, an insurrection is a definable moment. That doesn't make it any less horrible. I mean, it, it was a terrible event. It was people who were protesting that got out of hand— led by some who wanted it to get out of hand and knew how to manipulate a crowd. So it was, it was bad. I'm, I've never condoned or said that what happened on January 6th was acceptable or something that we should look back on and just take lightly. But at the same time, it was not the apocalyptic event that many in the media being the press agents for the Democrat Party, have portrayed it to be. There, there were outright lies presented by the January 6th committee that were undermined by Tucker Carlson showing this video. And that's what really ticks them off. Because the coup that was achieved by the Democrats was when the makeup of the committee was controlled by Nancy Pelosi. And because there were only two Republicans who were, you know, certainly 
out to get President Trump. And since that was what the committee was designed to do, was to get President Trump and to convince Americans that Republicans are all um, MAGA hat-wearing fanatics that don't deserve any leadership positions in a sane government. I mean, that's the narrative. It's false. But that's what they're trying to sell. And they sold it well enough in the midterm elections to sway some people to vote for Democrats because they were concerned that Republicans would be some kind of wild-eyed fanatics if they were put in office. So these the videos that, that Carlson are showing undermines that narrative, and that's why the media is upset, because they control the narrative. They don't like it when somebody comes along that has information that undermines the narrative, calls the narrative into question. So we need some kind of balance between assuming that what happened on January 6th was no big deal at all and assuming that it was the apocalyptic event that the Democrats say that it was. And I think what Tucker Carlson is doing with these videos is revealing the balance showing some of the balance. But what I want to do today um, is go back in time a little bit because we keep hearing these five police officers that died because of the, the, the insurrection or whatever you want to call it on January 6th. And the truth is that there were no police officers who died that day. Brian Sicknick died the next day. He was in his office that night after reportedly being assaulted, pummeled. The New, York, the New York Times had to retract their story. The coroner, the coroner's report on Brian Sicknick basically said that he died of natural causes. The coroner did acknowledge that some of the things that he endured during the Capitol um, riots could have led to the strokes, could have. There's still no, there's no direct link between what happened on January 6th and Brian Sicknick's death. He may have suffered those strokes had he simply gotten up and gone to work on January 6th and nothing happened. It's possible that some of the things that happened to him that day were instigators or could have caused or heightened whatever condition that he had that led to the strokes. But the point is, when you're making definitive statements for political purposes, then you're misleading the, Amer the American people. Four police officers, Capitol Police officers, after January 6th committed suicide. And they're listed by a lot of people as those who died in the line of duty as if someone pulled a gun and fired it at them on January 6th, when what happened in most cases, well, in all four of the cases of the suicides, the officers took their own lives. Now, is there some link? Was, there, was it because of the stress of January 6th, the, um, you, you know, all the things that happened as a Capitol Police officer that they they felt bad about, that that could have led to their suicide? Certainly, 
because the suicides took place in a reasonable amount of time after the Capitol, the January 6th event, you could suppose that some of what happened that day may have contributed to their death. But to say definitively and specifically that they died because of January 6th, and see, since then, these officers' deaths have been ruled in the line of duty in order for them to be able to get insurance benefits for their family. Because if, if, if they committed suicide, now, if they commit suicide in, in the line of duty, evidently, um, the insurance companies are obligated to pay. The families are due whatever pensions that they would receive. And, and so these rulings that were made, we can understand them. I mean, you've got families that are devastated. You've got families that may be are going to be financially devastated because of the loss of the key income provider in the household. And you've got them devastated emotionally over the loss of someone they love. And by designating these four officers as having died in the line of duty, then that allows those benefits to go to the family members to help take care of them. And so if you're compassionate, if you care about people, you understand that. But the problem is that it's being used for political purposes. It's not simply being used for the purpose of helping these families to get past a terrible event in their life and to take care of some of their needs. It's being pushed as a political statement by people who want you to believe that five Capitol Police officers died that day. Now, there were 138 Capitol Police officers that reported injuries. But, I mean, the extent of those injuries run the gamut. Um, and some of the, uh, among the four that committed suicide, uh, one of them I know was out of work for at least some period of time because of the injuries, but then reported back to duty. The day he was to report back to duty, he committed suicide. Now, we're going to talk about what was said about that because it's important, again, for you to know the truth about these officers and about why their death is being pushed as part of January 6th. Um, this, this article that I'm going to share with you, uh, some major portions of, uh, is from Andrew McCarthy, and it was posted um, a while back, March 11th, 2022. So that's about a year ago. Um, but it's important because Andrew McCarthy is one of the few journalists who are being honest about what happened on January 6th. You know, we could ask the question, is Tucker Carlson minimizing January 6th? I think to be fair, you would have to conclude that some of Carlson's statements seem to minimize or to be minimalist in regard to the total picture of what happened. But uh, uh, let me hasten to say that I think what Tucker Carlson's trying to do is to show balance because there have been so many maximalist statements, so many exaggerations of January 6th for the purpose of politics that to come out with these videos 
and first of all, demonstrate that some of those exaggerations were outright false and were never investigated or, or by the media. Nobody questioned anything that was shown. One of the most egregious, I think, is, is uh, Senator Hawley running um, from the Capitol at a time when police were evacuating the building and there were a whole group of people ahead of him. He was actually one of the last to leave the building, and yet they painted him as a hypocrite and a coward. So th- th- I think what Carlson is doing here is important. And, of course, he's he's now being attacked by Republicans because there's a lot of backlash coming from him showing the video. But you know what amazes me? That's what that's what journalism is supposed to be, is it not? I mean, when there's information out there, you release it. You let people see it. Now, Carlson is a commentator. He's going to draw conclusions. You don't have to agree with all of his conclu- conclusions. I certainly don't. But you, you have to admit that he is bringing information to light that previously has not been seen or at least shown in its proper context. And I think that's that's something that we should all look at and go, well, this is important. Instead of attacking him and attacking Kevin McCarthy for releasing the video to him and attacking anybody that says anything positive about it. But that's what that's what Democrats, that's what progressives do. You if you challenge their narrative, they call you a name and attack the messenger. They don't go after the message. They go after the messenger, particularly when the messenger has caught them pretty much red-handed at distorting the facts. And when they point out the truth, then the messenger's got to be taken down. And that's what's happening with Tucker Carlson. Now, Tucker Carlson's fortunate. He's the most watched cable news personality in the country. And that gives him some measure of security because Fox News is not going to kill the golden goose. Not over reporting that is simply showing content of the video and making commentary. That, that's what people do. But I have long, if, if you've listened to this program for any length of time, you know one of the things that has vexed me from the beginning is the death toll related to the Capitol riots. And I, I just, I've been aghast at the fact that that death toll runs anywhere. I mean, sometimes you'll hear 10 people died that day. Sometimes you hear five. That's the most used number. Five people died. But after the suicides of these Capitol Police, at least some of them were ruled to be in the line of duty. Now their deaths are add, added to the total without any explanation. I mean, you if you're a person who doesn't follow the news, and believe me, the vast majority of people in this country do not pay the attention to the news that you do. They don't think deeply about it. Um, and I, that's not a slam on them. I mean, in fact, their lives are probably happier because of it. I mean, they're just going on and, and, and doing what they do every day and not being all this concerned about the depth of what they're being told. Uh, however, it's a very dangerous thing for the public in general to not be concerned about knowing the truth about what's happening around them. Now, 
before I get into the article here from McCarthy, let me just say, I don't believe any of the conspiracy theories that say that these officers were murdered by some shadowy force. I mean, you've got QAnon enthusiasts out there who will say that they're convinced that there's some kind of plot and that these officers died to cover up something else or there's nefarious forces at work and that they were they were taken out they were murdered um i i don't i don't believe that i'm not going to sit here and put out what are 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 just wild conspiracy theories that have no evidence little evidence or actually no evidence to back back them up but i'm also not going to sit here and allow the press to simply say that these four officers to, to throw that number out there as part of the people who died on January 6th as an attempt to exaggerate and to outrage the public against Donald Trump and against people who supported him, who had every right to do so, and against Republicans in general because they want to paint that brush. They want to, they want to take that smear and push it as far as they possibly can against people that disagree with them politically. And that's a terrible thing in a constitutional republic. So let me just start here with a little bit of McCarthy's piece. We have to address the discomforting topic of people who commit suicide for two reasons. First, McCarthy says, President Biden, his administration, congressional Democrats, and their media allies, the chairman of the House committee investigating the January 6th Capitol riot, and a police officer called to testify about his harrowing, harrowing experience defending the Capitol have made inflated claims about people, and in particular police officers, losing their lives in the, lives in the mayhem of that day. The Capitol riot will go down as a disgraceful event in American history. No question. It was disgraceful. But that fact should not grant a political license to exaggerate it into something even worse than what it was. See, this is why I like Andrew McCarthy, because he's looking at two sides of a coin of the same event and saying the people over here who are maximizing this for political gain are wrong and they need to be called. The people over here that are minimizing this for political cover are wrong and they need to be called. And the truth lies somewhere in between. So um, let me back up here. The number of police, he says in the next paragraph, killed in the line of duty on January 6th is zero. Only one person is known to have been killed during the, the riot. How many times have I said this? Ashley Babbitt, a rioter who was shot dead by a Capitol Police officer. Three other rioters died during the riot, but they were not killed. See, this is, and, and of course, press reports usually say the, these, this is how many people died during, during the event on January 6th. But if you're going to expand that out, then what you need to do is figure out how many people in the United States died the day that January 6th happened. Every, and, and then just give that number, whatever number it is. I mean, I, there, there's a fixed number of deaths on that day, and I guess 
if if you're going to say that people who were present who suffered a medical emergency while they were there and passed away, everybody who suffered a medical emergency that day must have been affected by the riot. I mean, the logic, it seems to me, would be the same. Oh, the difference is they were there. Yes, but there's no direct evidence to suggest that the fact that they were there contributed to their medical emergency. You can speculate all you want. You can say, well, let me just let me read here the people who died. Uh, Roseanne Boylan, it was initially said that Roseanne Boylan was trampled to death in a crush of fellow rioters who were trying to push through a police barrier. The medical examiner found that she died of accidental acute amphetamine intoxication. It had nothing to do with being stepped on. But, of course, those initial reports the media took and immediately began running. As if, oh, oh, well, if if the rioters hadn't been so um, inspired, so angry, so... Uh, passionate to get into the Capitol, she'd still be alive today. Nope. Medical examiner, that report is conclusive. Nothing to do with her being trampled. Writers Kevin Greeson and Benjamin Phillips both appear to have died of cardiovascular disease, which may have been exacerbated by the excitement and violence. It may have been, but they may have been somewhere else that day and died of a heart attack. That's, that's basically what happened to them. We don't know. You, there's no cause and effect. You can't. The only way that you can draw a conclusion if you're, is if you're predetermined to throw as many names in there as possible to exaggerate the results of the Capitol riot on January 6th. Gene's on the phone. Go ahead. Two points I'd like for you to address, if possible. Number one, how much of this information is the evidence that could be used to, by Merrick Garland to indict Donald Trump for uh, uh, crimes against the state? You know, what do they call it? Rebellion or whatever the heck you guys call it. And second point, uh, the, the, the charade of the Democrat Party suddenly appearing to support local law enforcement, namely the Capitol Police, while at the same time they are promoting defund the police and... Uh, uh, and encouraging local neighborhoods to despise the police. Explain that to me. Explain that irony to me. I'm well, going to hang up. Okay, yeah, hanging up is probably a good idea because it, it always ticks me off, Gene, and you know this. I guess you do it on purpose because you like to get my ire up every now, every now and then. For you to say, you guys, and to, to put me in some kind of category, I think I'm trying here my best to demonstrate an even hand in talking about this um, when it comes to what happened on January 6th. Now, to address your first point, there are no charges going to be brought against President Trump in relation to this. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't think they ever will be because there, it, it, there's another story today that I'm going to talk about that shows that the Justice Department has absolutely no evidence. They, they know they would be laughed out of court if they took Donald Trump to court and accused him of insurrection because there's just there's zero evidence to support that if there was a law against saying things that were probably not very good that day let's just say that there you can't say things that are not very good uh when there's an atmosphere like had 
been created in Washington that day, then he might be guilty. But thanks to the First Amendment of free speech, he can stand up there and say a lot of things, some of them good, some of them outrageous, and all of them are covered under the First Amendment. Unless he says to the crowd, look, down there's the Capitol. Before the end of the day, how about turn it into an ash heap and do that now on my order? I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you have to say in order to be guilty of inciting a riot. The standard and the bar, and it should be in a country that values free speech, the bar for that is incredibly high. Now, lawsuits that are being filed um, and pursued against people who um, were in some way victims that day, uh, the victims, rather, are filing the lawsuits, the Justice Department is playing this game where they're not saying that the president is guilty of inciting a riot, but they can see how those who believe that he was guilty could have come to that conclusion. And I'll, But we need to get to that story. I need to have it in front of me to be more accurate. But, but basically, the Justice Department is trying to have it both ways. They're trying to admit that they don't have a case when it comes to going after Trump for inciting an insurrection. And, and a lot of Democrats, a lot of left-wingers, are really mad at Merrick Garland about that. They, they don't care about the law. They could care less about what the law says. They want Trump. They want his hide hanging on a wall. And if that means you've got to violate the law to get there, so be it. But Merrick Garland is, so far, not willing to do that, but he's willing to bend it in order to help those who are trying to go after people that, Democrats want to be taken down, at least with a lawsuit. So we'll we'll get to all that in a minute. But I want to stay focused on the police officers. Now, the next thing, you know, here here's the you know the thing about the police officers. Gene's absolutely right. You've got tremendous hypocrisy in the Democrat Party among progressives who are out there demanding that the police be defunded, that the police are evil, unless the police are acting against people that they think are even more evil. What could be more evil to a progressive than a police officer? Oh, a Trump follower, a Republican, a conservative. To them, they're people that have got to be moved out of the way so the system can be totally turned upside down so that it can become what they want it to be. So, you know, we're going to defund the police over here unless the police are out doing the bidding that we would like to have them do in helping us take down conservatives and particularly MAGA Republicans. So that's, I mean, that's kind of the way that works. Police are heroes if they police in this way against these people. They, but, but if they're actually out policing against crime, then they've got to be taken off the streets. And all you have to do is extend that to prosecutors. It's the same thing with prosecutors. You, if, if prosecutors that were funded got into office elected by money coming from George Soros, which many of them were, these liberal prosecutors, uh, what is his name, Gascon, Gaston in Los Angeles, he actually lost a lawsuit yesterday to one of the prosecutors in his office who he reassigned because she questioned his 
uh, prosecutorial decisions and and actually suggested that he was being soft on criminals and he reassigned her and demoted her and she won over a million dollars in defamation yesterday awarded by a court a court and she's the first of 16 people who were suing him for the same reason i mean i if i was him i'd you know i'd find as, as my dad used to say i'd dig a hole get in the hole and pull the hole in after me if i had that many people coming after me and the first one out of the gate gets over a million dollars um but these prosecutors are it, it it's the same thing prosecute the crimes that make the democrats and progressives happy and then that's how you can stay happy in your job until it catches up with you and then you're going to get caught up with Lori Lightfoot in Chicago she came in third in a mayoral race it's catching up with Kim Gardner because it's it's now being discovered that you know the a lot, these people that she let go are uh, and allowed out on the street are committing heinous crimes and she's coming under fire and so she should because she's not doing her job as a prosecutor and it's opening up scrutiny so that people are looking at her decisions as a whole and realizing that she's not doing her job so Yes, Gene, you're right. There's a there's certainly a measure of hypocrisy there. But what I'm trying to focus on is I want because this death toll, this exaggeration of people who died on January 6th is 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 something that really does need to be put away. So, I'm going to I'm going to go back. Number of police killed in the line of duty on January 6th is 0. Only one person is known to have been killed during the riot, Ashley Babbitt, uh, a rioter who was shot dead by a police officer, Capitol Police officer. Three other rioters died. We, we talked about that. Um, five police officers who defunded, or excuse me, who defended the Capitol. Gene's got me on defunding the police here. Five police officers who defended the Capitol during the riot died in the days, weeks, and months after it ended. Brian Sicknick, whose death, we have covered extensively, extensively at National Review, perished the day after the riot from natural causes. He had two strokes, according to the medical examiner. Like scores of other police on duty January 6th, he's known to have been subjected by the rioters to assault, including toxic aerosol spraying, but he appeared to be in good condition back at his headquarters afterward. Though prosecutors have charged two rioters with assaulting him, the charges do not even mention his death, much less that the defendants caused it. While it was initially claimed in media reports and in the House Democrats' impeachment pleadings that Sicknick was killed by blunt force trauma, this was a false allegation. It is far from inconceivable, of course, that the riot could have contributed in some way to bringing on his strokes, but that has never been established. See, when you make accusations and you start throwing names around and that these people died because of, of, of what happened on January 6th, what evidence is there that your statements are true? You can't just go say things and expect everybody to go, oh, you're a journalist. Oh, you're a politician. Oh, you're a government official. So I've got to believe what you just told me. No, 
I want to see the evidence. And for Brian Sicknick, there has never been any direct connection made between what happened on January 6th and his death on January 7th. Now, I know people people all are screaming, oh, well, we've got common sense. We can know. No, you can't. And common sense is sometimes wrong, especially when it's applied in a political environment where there's an agenda present. And there's no question that January 6th is a political environment where it behooves one side to maximize what happened and it behooves the other side to minimize it. And so responsible people who want to know what's going on have to come into it and look at what really transpired. We're talking about an article that was written a year ago by Andrew McCarthy. And you may think, well, I thought you talk about current events. I thought I thought this program was about what's going on in the news. Well, uh, what's going on in the news right now is Tucker Carlson is revealing video that was given to him, 40,000 hours worth, from uh, the speaker, Speaker Kevin McCarthy, gave that video to um, uh, Tucker Carlson, and he's begun to air some of it, and it's created a firestorm, and it's raising old questions about who died that day, how many people died that day, what was the end result of the January 6th riots, which was not an insurrection. No one, again, I, I just have to emphasize this because of all the, the, the false statements that are made in the media today, but there was no insurrection. And every time that word is used, it is incorrect, inflammatory, and in fact false because no one has been charged with it that is has been convicted or pled guilty and gone to jail. None of those people have been charged with inciting an insurrection. President Trump, the the likelihood of that happening is zero even though the committee, the January 6th sham committee who conducted uh, conducted a telling instead of a hearing that you know they they've had to acknowledge at some point being with having their arms twisted that president trump did say on that day that he was encouraging people to peacefully and patriotically proceed to the capitol to protest so there there's no way that you're going to be able to come back and get an inciting to riot charge just based on what president trump said now again i I think he said a lot of inflammatory things that day. But you, there's a legal standard here. And accusing people of something that doesn't even come close to meeting any standard when it comes to the law is just, it, it, it's, it's an exaggeration for political purposes. It's not for the purpose of finding the truth. So we're back to... Um, Andrew McCarthy, from a year ago. Uh, Four other police officers who defended the Capitol during the riot have committed suicide. Capitol Police Officer Howard uh, Liebengood reportedly took his own life on January 10th, four days after the riot. D.C. Metro Police Officer Jeffrey Smith, whom we will be discussing further, committed suicide five days later. Two other officers of the D.C. Metro Police Department, Kyle DeFreitag, and, and Gunther Hashida 
I think that's correct, H-A-S-H-I-D-A, committed suicide months later in July of 2021. Their losses of life are tragic. The physical and mental toll of the Capitol riot may have factored into the anxiety and depression that induced the suicides, especially in the cases of those officers who killed themselves just days afterward. We should honor their heroic service on January 6th, but they did not die in the line of duty. And it is a, listen to this line. This is really important. Just lean over a little bit. Get a little closer to the radio. Turn it up just a tad. It is a disservice to the memory of police officers who actually have been killed in the line of duty to say otherwise. That is, no one is saying that. And thank you, Andrew McCarthy, for saying it, even saying it a year ago when this was still fresh. You know, when 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 an officer dies in the line of duty defending another officer, defending a civilian, defending themselves, defending the Constitution, defending whatever it is that they're defending because that's what they're paid to do, that's a heroic action that must be set aside and not minimized by assuming that people who commit suicide after an event also died in the line of duty. Officer Smith, um, or that brings us back to Officer Jeffrey Smith, whose suicide on January 15, 2021, is the second and most immediate reason for discussing this uncomfortable topic. Officer Smith was apparently injured during the riot, but he was soon cleared to return to work. The day that was supposed to happen, that that, that, that was supposed to happen, his return to work, he shot himself in the head. He was found in his Ford Mustang, which had rolled over and down an embankment embankment along George Washington Parkway off the Potomac River. Yet media reporting is now portraying his suicide as a line-of-duty death, the line of duty being his service during the Capitol riot nine days earlier. As NBC News puts it in a headline, D.C. police officer's suicide after January 6th riot declared line-of-duty death. Declared by whom? When we dig into the story, we learn that this finding was made by the D.C. Police and Firefighters Retirement and Relief Board. This is a bureaucracy of the District of Columbia's government that deals with benefits and insurance coverage issue for police and firefighters. It is not the D.C. Metro Police Department itself. It is not an investigative agency or prosecutor's office that has the authority to allege that Officer Smith was killed in the line of duty, nor has any such agency or office formally accused anyone, criminally or civilly, of killing Officer Smith while he was in the line of duty. So it was done for benefits for basically his surviving family. Exactly. And for the most part, it, it if, if this had happened quietly without all of the, the media hype and this being used to exaggerate what happened on January 6th, nobody would – people probably wouldn't have thought twice about it, you know? They would have just gone, oh, okay, this board, they had, they had compassion for his family. And they chose to rule this, uh, uh, the suicide, enough of a connection to put it in the line of duty so that his family could get these benefits. Okay. just But when you hype it, 
when you make it into an, a telling, a narrative, rather than a search for the truth, then it becomes a problem. In the end, McCarthy says, this is a story about insurance coverage. In that context, no one with a shred of human compassion would object to what the board has done. If it were not for the political use that has been made of the Capitol riot, the board's decision would at best go unnoticed. But of course, the political determination to exaggerate the lethality of the riot is real, so it can't go unnoticed. As if it were not heartbreaking enough that her husband died in shocking circumstances, at the age of 35, Erin Smith subsequently learned, while waiting online at a pharmacy, that she was no longer covered by her late husband's medical insurance. Apparently, in accordance with its legal conditions, the coverage was terminated because Jeffrey Smith died by his own hand and not while performing his duties. Not surprisingly, this awful development agitated some powerful people who were already outraged over the riot, including Senators Tim Kaine, Tammy Duckworth, Representative Don Bayer. When Aaron Smith filed a claim with the Retirement and Relief Board for full death benefits, including insurance coverage, she had those Democratic lawmakers strong endorsement. So the board has agreed to deem Smith's death a line-of-duty incident. That conclusions mean his widow qualifies for full death benefits. NBC reports that in a letter the network has reviewed, the board wrote, now listen to this. Based on evidence submitted by the petitioner and the department, we find that Officer Smith sustained a personal injury on January 6, 2021, while performing his duties, and that this injury, and this is emphasized, and that this injury was the sole and direct cause of his death. The sole and direct cause of Officer Smith's death was the fact that he shot himself in the head. It was not an injury that he received days earlier in the line of duty. And, and I don't think that line was necessary to be in there for her to get the benefits. Again, when you're trying to be compassionate, when you're trying to do something to help someone who's in a terrible time of need and honor the sacrifice that was made by a police officer in the work that he did, that's one thing. It's another when you're lying to the American people, exaggerating the death toll, and putting these four officers in as if they died on that actual day. There, there's no context being given. There's no explanation. It's just an opportunity to make you, the public, think a specific thing about that event. And that takes me back to Tucker Carlson. If Tucker Carlson can demonstrate that there are two sides to what happened. In fact, there are many sides. What happened on January 6th was a complicated cavalcade of events. And to treat it as some kind of monolithic insurrection led by President Donald Trump is a political statement that just keeps on growing. And as long as that's the case, people who are honest and want the American people to know the truth, are going to be presenting evidence and information to dispute the telling, the narrative that was spun by the January 6th committee that never really had in mind finding out what happened on January 6th. They simply wanted a hammer to beat their enemies over the head with. And that's what they did. And that's what history will show that they did. 
because looking back on this, it it will be seen as a farce when it comes to any kind of legitimate investigation or search for the truth.